Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Here in Russell Rant Radio for Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, 2022. Graham Gius and Matthews here, as always, being joined by the one, the only, Mr. Marceau. Brother, how you doing? Doing well, Gius. How are you? Doing well. Very excited for WrestleMania Backlash on Sunday, which we will be in attendance for. Are you excited for that? I can't wait. Can't wait. Listen, I know the build of the show has not been great. I know the card on paper. Honestly, I think we, we've talked about this over text, that it has promised. There's actually a lot of really good matches on Sunday. All of them are rematches, unfortunately. We're only getting six matches as of now, and of course we're recording this before SmackDown on Friday. Do you expect any more matches to be added, or what do you think the deal is there? Um, I mean, I think anything's possible. I'm surprised, I mean, I think Raw, that either I'm surprised they didn't add any of the women, like they uh, either Rhea or Liv or Becky and Oscar. Uh, uh, I mean, if anything, maybe those are like late admissions, but Besides that, I mean, SmackDown really doesn't have too much going right now, so what's on the card, I think, is uh, what's going to be that least for SmackDown, hopefully. Well, I thought it was weird that they're doing Sasha and Naomi, not that they really give a shit, but they're doing Sasha and Naomi versus uh, Shayna and Natalya for the tag titles the next week on SmackDown, they announced, and not at the pay-per-view. Um, you know, nothing with Theory or Ali announced, and there's a couple of other, you know, they're doing a tables match on Friday's SmackDown again. Not that we really care, but with Sheamus and Ridge versus the New Day in a tables tag team match, which should be good. The feud has been going on forever now, it feels like. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like the sort the shorter and sweeter shows, and this will be the first backlash in Providence. What I actually did not know and before I looked at the card here is that I know you were at the last backlash in Providence in, in 09. Did you know that one of the first Backlash pay-per-views 10 years earlier in 99 was also in, in the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence? I did not know that. Yeah, fun fact for you. So it's going to be the third one in that exact same arena in the span of like I mean, 23 years. I know years. Backlash... Shit, what year was it? Backlash 2003, I think, was in Worcester. Oh, really? With Goldberg and Rock? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in Worcester. Let me check it out. I think it was 2003, right? You didn't go to that show? I did not. Yeah, it was at the DCU Center in Worcester. No, I didn't go. Are they going to Worcester? They were in Worcester recently, I think, for something, right? For a Raw or something? Right? Or Raw? Maybe it was Raw. Yeah, well, I think it was, it was Raw. It was one of those shows. Which one it was. Yeah. They were there recently for something, but uh, no, that's cool. No, like I said, they're, they're, it's going to be a shorter show. There's only six matches as of now. Um, kind of reminds me of Backlash from six years ago when they first brought it back upon the brand split being brought back in 2016. Uh, and that was a great show, so I don't think this will quite live up to that. And the fact there's no championships on the line, except for the SmackDown Women's title, doesn't exactly help. Not a lot of stakes on the show, but we'll get to that momentarily. Uh, we'll probably save the predictions for the end of the show here. What I do want to get to first, Mr. Marceau, 
is uh, you know not exactly breaking news. This is the farthest thing from that. We're about a week late on this, but we talk about it all the time. All the news feels like it breaks after we speak on Thursdays, and sure enough, on Friday afternoon, it was announced that we had multiple more NXT releases uh, from Dakota Kai. Not uh, I was going to say Roderick Strong, but we'll get to him momentarily. Dakota Kai, Dexter Loomis, Malcolm Bivens, Harland, um, Draco Anthony was another one who's been used as an enhancement talent recently on TV. I believe there was another one, Dakota Kai, Malcolm, Dexter, oh, um, Persia Parada was another one, Harland, and Draco, I think, were the main ones. Um, some surprising names in there, Mr. Mars, so I figured we would be getting some budget cuts. We literally just talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I, I expected to see Fabian Eichner's name on that list. Um, not because he's not good, not that any of these people aren't good, but we haven't seen him on TV since Imperium split up, so I worried for his future. Wesley, I worry for. Yeah, they gave him the vignette treatment a week or two ago, but that, that means nothing. I mean, they could have plans for people and still let them go. Like, I mean, Persia and, uh, you know, Dexter were involved in that whole storyline with Indy and uh, Duke Hudson. Not that it was good, but they were involved in a weekly storyline every week, and that was weird. Harlan was on TV quite often. I mean, not recently, but he was uh, Joe Casey's bodyguard up until a week or two ago. So, yeah, just very surprising stuff, and uh, some of those names more surprising than others. Dakota Kai, I don't know if this was ever confirmed. I had read that it might have been reported uh, from Fightful, I might be wrong on that, that she was looking to leave anyway when her contract came up, so this 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 kind of just sped up the process, but, you know, we said this a couple of weeks ago. When she lost to Mandy Rose, the writing was on the wall. They rushed into that match. She was not getting called up, and uh, that, to me, just meant she would be Bronson Reed 2.0 in that Hey, listen, we have no plans for an NXT. We're not going to call her up, so why keep her around? I'm not saying that's the right mindset. I'm just saying that's their mindset. That's what happened with Bronson Reed. It happened with Dakota Kai. It's not even like she's like 40 years old. I mean, age doesn't really even matter anyway. I mean, listen, fucking Mercedes was 40, and I think she's good, and she just made them into Dynamite last night, so age doesn't matter anyway. But, you know, she's in her early 30s. She has a lot to offer. She's great in the ring, but... Apparently Vince, according to Fightful, I believe it was Fightful, maybe PW Insider had said that they didn't think that she was main roster material. So, um, not overly surprising, but it is what it is. And Malcolm, I guess, was, uh, you know, asked for his release. Not asked for it, but he was looking to leave anyway. I don't think he asked for his release. It was more a matter of, hey, when my contract's up, I'm not staying. Like, he told them that multiple times. Apparently they wanted him on the main roster with Omas, and he said no. And they gave the role to MVP instead, which I think makes more sense. Um... But yeah, your thoughts on the whole uh, batch of releases from last week and NXT? I mean, we are we like basically knew Dakota Kai was going to get a release at some point. Once she lost to Mandy, once she wasn't called up with a couple other people, especially more recently when she came back to NXT with that feud with Raquel and then seemingly just stayed there. I mean, I think at that point we knew she was... Her her writing was on the wall. I, I, like, I think she's great as a babyface and a heel. I do prefer her more as a babyface. I feel like she was kind of the perfect replacement for Bailey when she got brought in as like that bubbly baby face. And then once, obviously they seemingly turned her heel. And then I think from there, kind of the writing was on the wall. I just, I feel like once she turned heel, like did have some small success, but I just feel like it was kind of maybe just the wrong decision. And then she just never was really booked again, but I think she's great. I mean, I, I don't want her to just go running to AEW. They already have plenty of people enough from NXT, maybe go to impact or somewhere else to kind of maybe, get some steam first and then kind of get going because I think she's a great wrestler and a great talent so I, I think she, she she should be fine but I, I wouldn't rush the AEW there to have enough women they're not using um, Persia Parada Harlan I mean 
I don't, I mean, I thought per- Persia, I mean, I don't feel like I saw her work enough to really be like, oh, she was great. Or same with him. I mean, he really didn't work that many times. He was more of, of like the bodyguard for, for Gacy. But I, I feel like there's maybe more of a developmental thing. Like they are, I mean, people need to just kind of get over it. It's not NXT of the old, like it is developmental now. So I think you're going to see more people, they're going to be pushed. And if they don't think developmentally, they're making strides or going to be worth it. Just, I mean, they're just going to move on. It, it is what it is. It's kind of what happens when you have a developmental. If they're not planning the way you think they're going to, you're just going to move on. And they know what? They probably have five other people they think that they can put in that same spot and get a different different result from. So him and Persia, I think, were more of a – they were on TV. I mean, Persia was more doing that love stuff with Index. And, I mean, it was terrible anyways. But, I mean, she never really got a fair shake in the ring, I thought. But, I mean, developmental, that's what kind of happened. So – I think maybe they can, if they're going to continue wrestling, I mean, I thought him as Parker Bordeaux was better than the whole Harlan thing. Like, uh, I feel like they kind of neutered him into, like, a mute bodyguard that was just not interesting at all. So, if he continues wrestling, maybe he can kind of go to that more, like, seems like he has a pretty good out- outgoing personality or just, like, a, a more in-your-face personality. So, if, maybe if he does that, he'll see more success. Uh, the other people that you mentioned, I honestly... Oh, Dexter Loomis as well. I forgot about him. I mean, I was never his biggest fan. I don't want to see the guy out of a job, but I think he's near the his. I think he's near forty years old. So, I mean, the writing's on the wall with him with his age specifically. So, I mean, once once he did the whole index stuff, and I mean, I thought he was fine. Like he was a good like gatekeeper for a while with with Gargano, and like he was always in the title picture. But like you like said, he was more like a gatekeeper. Just kind of you beat him, and that's kind of like you're in the you're in the picture at that point. So. Um, eventually his time was up. Malcolm Bivens, I mean, the whole diamond mine, I felt like was kind of, and it was, if thought, I thought it was going to be a way better thing than it actually kind of transitioned to. I mean, I like the Creed brothers, Roderick and, and Ivy Nile, but I don't know. It just, I don't know. I feel like he honestly just didn't feel like he fit with them well. I don't know. It just didn't, it just didn't mesh in my mind. And like I said, I, I don't know the other people that got released, but I think we're going to see this more and more with specifically NXT. Like I said, I think now that they're doing a more, developmental approach and not just like indies with a budget i think you're going to see more people maybe be pushed and if the cards don't seem like they're lining up they're just going to move on from them so i agree and i disagree with the idea that you know of not not of what you're saying but with the idea that if they're not progressing let them go I, i i agree and disagree with that i have said on this show before not the, the the exact window of what fightful or pw insider or melter were reporting i forgot who it was exactly was 90 days was what they said. They'll give them a 90-day window. If they don't feel like they're progressing, if they're not as far along in development as they thought, they'll let them go. The problem with that is that all these people that they're putting on TV, a lot of these people are not ready for TV. So like, for example, I'm not a big Nikita Lions fan. I'm not a big Lash Legend fan. I just, I think Nikita has more, I mean, Lash Legend has a lot of personality in the ring. She's just not good yet. But that's not their fault. I mean, there was a lot of people on the current roster that were not good when they first started. Nikita and Lash both just started wrestling literally probably just last year in the last two years or so. The problem isn't them. The issue is the company for putting them on TV so quickly. I don't think we would be having this conversation if NXT was not on TV or if NXT wasn't being literally just televised. If it was on the network, maybe, but more so the fact that it's an... They, they At least at one point, they treated it like an actual brand. It has two hours of TV every fucking Tuesday on USA Network in a primetime slot. This is not 
This isn't even ECW from 10 years ago, where it was on at 10 p.m. on a Tuesday. This is a primetime slot for two hours on a Tuesday night. And they use a lot of these same people on Raw and on SmackDown. They bring in main roster people. And they acknowledge NXT more now on the main roster than they have at any other point in the brand's existence, which makes no sense in compared to how good the brand was before. Why they would be doing that now and not previously, I don't know. Um, I just don't feel like, listen, I'm not a coach. I'm no road dog. I know he's not there anymore. I'm not Shawn Michaels. But I feel like 90 days isn't enough time to really get a grasp of what a lot of these people are capable of. That Nikita Lions last legend match, on, and we don't talk a lot about NXT here on the show most weeks, but it just wasn't very good, and that's not their fault. It's because they're not running fucking house shows right now. They're not doing the Florida loops. We, we joke about that, but it's true. Like They're not doing that shit right now. And I feel like for someone like Harland, who... He may not be a superstar right now, but I feel like if they put more time and effort into him, he probably could have been if they didn't rush him on a TV. And he like, I feel like when they rush these people on the TV and they have bad matches, I don't think I I never saw a bad Persia Parada match. He never had any five star classics, but I don't remember her being overly bad. So I'm not really sure what the issue was there, but. I feel like it becomes more noticeable they're not good if they're on TV because they have to rush them into that spot. And then the company sees the the negative feedback and they're like, oh, well, I guess they're not that good. Let's get rid of them. And then they get rid of them before they have a chance to really develop. And I just don't feel like that's a smart strategy. No, I, I know. I definitely understand where you're coming from. You're saying, like you're saying, like the 90 days is definitely not enough, which I completely agree. I think, I think it's been pretty much said that, I mean, if you're really going to develop someone, it should be like, probably a few years especially if you're running consistent shows yeah like people in ovw i mean they were down there for like two to three years running daily shows i mean it's not like john cena became john cena overnight and all those guys who weren't like besides like basically lesnar because he just was more of like a genetic freak than anything else but it's like you do need you do need you do need like in-ring work and like you said with especially with nxt i think a lot of these people are being pushed on tv quickly just because like you said they're not doing the florida loop they're not really doing hell shows right now i think that's more of a pandemic thing but I mean, I think it's a terrible, I think it's a, a bad, I don't think it's a, the right thing to do. I mean, like you said, you don't really know what you're getting until you actually see them work a little bit more, but maybe it's they're not taking coaching the way they want to. I mean, I think it, it, it was documented that they weren't really happy with Keith Lee talking like Fraser Crane, and he just kept doing it. So I don't know if it's they're just not doing what they want them to do, or it's just not really, like I said, maybe the agents. I, I'm not really sure exactly what they're doing. Like I said, the 90-day thing, I mean, do I think Lash Legend and Nikita Lyons have proven a lot? No, but I think maybe they're doing everything they're saying, and they're obviously they're still developing, so maybe there'll be more of a, a wait-and-see approach with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Lyons specifically, I think she has more of a fan following just because, just I mean, I'm not really into her that much, but, I mean, people really like her, so maybe they're going to give her more slack than they would someone else. It doesn't really seem like they're getting over the crowd. I, I mean... I really don't know what their thought is, but unfortunately, like you said, I think that they're on TV, it's just a different perceived thing. Like, if they're on their network, I don't think they'd be throwing people around or firing people as they are. But like I said, they were also doing, like, the actual house shows at that point, too. So they're actually getting more in-ring work than they are now. I mean, some people are on TV once a week and some people you never see them work, so... Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, they've been doing developmental cuts for years. This is not a new thing. I know it's been more widespread since COVID started and they blame budget cuts or whatever. In certain cases, that might be true. I mean, they're not saving money by cutting Persia Parada's contract. I can't imagine she was making a million dollars on NXT, so 
that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But yeah, again, maybe there's more to the story than what we know. I don't know. But like I remember back in 2014, even when NXT was on the network, they let go of Mason Ryan because he wasn't progressing. Makes sense. The guy wasn't that good. So you let him go. I mean, it makes sense in that case. I feel like they went from one extreme to the other in that they, they honestly held on to people for too long. I mean, I'm sure these people are nice people. I know it sounds, I don't know, patronizing when I say that or condescending, but it's true. I'm sure these are all nice people. I don't want to see anyone out of a job. I'm not saying get rid of these people. But for example, someone like a Jesse Kamea, she was there forever, dude. It's not that she was bad at all, but if they're not going it's, to, it's that old expression, shit or get off the pot. Either do something with these people or let them go. And I'm kind of in that spot now with, like, Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. I'm not calling her Katana Chance. It's fucking stupid. Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, they're a very good team. If they're not going to do anything with these two, then why are they even there? Like, Jesse Kamea was there for literally five years. Why is she there if you're not going to call her up and maybe just uh, work with the other women? I I don't get that. So, like, them letting her go didn't exactly break my heart because it didn't really look like they had any plans for her. How Aaliyah managed to make it through that system and not on the main roster, I am still dumbfounded by that, when they've let go of so many other women that had a chance of being a bigger star on SmackDown than her. But again, nope, nothing against her specifically. It's not really, it's not her fault. She's just, hey, listen, she's got an opportunity. She's making the most of it. Um, but I, I don't know, it's very weird. But the thing is, I feel like, so this is the this is the real problem. So people back in the day used to always complain, oh my God, they were bloated roster, they were bloated roster, and they just kept like hoarding people. Yeah. But then once they start letting people go, then everyone complains that they're letting people go. So it's like, there's really no, there's really no happy medium. You can't say, oh, these people aren't progressing, and then you get rid of them. So, oh my, I can't believe they, they fired the person. It's like, I yeah. mean, I think these people are, I think specifically, Carlin and Purge Prada. I mean, I feel like they never got a fair shape. But it's like, people bitching, like, they're not doing anything to Cody Kai. They let it go, oh my God, they let go to Cody Like, it, it's gonna, I mean, it, it's, it's half, like, it's like you said, it's some people... If they're not going to use them, then the thing is, if they got rid of, like, a KC Cannes up, oh, my God, they wasted five years of her life. It's like, you can't win. You can't say that they're not using her and they should get rid of her. And then they get rid of her and then you bitch to get rid of her. It's like, yeah. I feel like wrestling fans specifically just like, oh, my God, I can't believe they got rid of them. But then, like, a month ago, they're like, oh, they should really get rid of her. Like, yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. But, I mean, I think that, I think, like you said, with the TV show, you're going to see, I mean, a lot of these people definitely aren't ready for TV, and unfortunately, they're on TV. I mean, obviously, I think that it was more for the, in basically what it was before, because that was, that's like a TV, like, all those guys were veterans, know how to work. Yeah, you might sprinkle some green people in, but like you said, they were still doing the loop, they're still working a lot, probably doing way more training and stuff than before the, pan, like, during the pandemic and after, so um, I just you're training people on TV and I mean, some people, I think like, like, uh, like Carmelo Hayes and like Solo Sequoia and like Brad Breaker. I feel like they're like, they're ready for TV. Like they don't like look like they are out of place, but there's mm-hmm. plenty of other people on the TV show that who are new and you can tell that they don't belong on TV. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it seems like maybe a sink or swim kind of thing. Like they're going to throw you out there. And if you can't, compete to what they want they might move on from you but i mean i don't think that's the smartest thing of all time but when they just keep signing all these athletes and just keep pumping them in i mean it's one of those things that's kind of the it seems like that's what they're going for right now it's kind of like a sink or swim approach yeah no that's exactly what it is i mean they just signed for some people it works i mean for someone that has experience it works when you sign someone that has experience and we want to see them on tv on the sooner side someone like a roxy aka roxanne perez it works because she has some experience. She's very good. 
um, for her age, considering she's only 19 or 20 years old, which is wild. In that case, it works. But when you sign an athlete with zero prior wrestling experience, like a, I think Nikita Lyons was in that Women of Wrestling show, or she had done something, but doesn't have a lot of experience, and she's very rough. Lash Legend has, I think, was a former basketball player or a sports player or something like that. She's definitely an athlete. She's just she's just not that good yet. And again, that's not her fault, you know, because we're we're literally seeing her development process on TV. And I don't think it's fair to the performers at all, um, especially just compared to what the show once was. And just as a viewer, just as a viewer, the show is just object not objectively, but in my opinion, largely it's just not good. I mean, I thought Tuesday's show was good, the spring break-in show, because it was more like a takeover style. I thought the Creed Brothers and Viking Raiders had a really good match. I thought the triple threat with uh, Sokoa, Hayes, and uh, Grimes was great. I thought that was an awesome match. Even the main event was fine. Um, the Druid shit afterward was stupid as hell, but the match itself was okay. So, you know, it's not that NXT is all bad. We say it all the time. It has the, the good is great and the bad is awful because they just, I don't know, they're, they're putting them. The, what were you going to say? It's because, like I said, it's a swinger. It's, yeah. it's putting people on TV that some are ready, some are not. And I feel like the people that aren't are in like the segments that are just cheesy, terrible. And the people that are actually good are the ones that actually wrestle. So it's like the mix. It's like mixtures of like you also get some people that have good segments, but then you also have someone that's green and it's a terrible match. It just it's it's developmental basically. It is developmental. That's exactly what it is. And listen, I think it's cool they're bringing back the breakout tournament with the women this time. I think that's awesome. The problem is that we we get introduced to new women almost every week. So it's not like this is... Like back when the day... Not back in the day. They did this three years ago. They did it last year. When we got this stuff in the last couple of years, these were people that we either hadn't seen before and we, we weren't getting... Like we were seeing the same faces on NXT. It's, again, they go from one extreme to another. We were getting the same faces on NXT for years on end. Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. Now those guys are all gone. And instead they're bringing in new people literally every single week. And the changeover... I don't think there's a problem with changeover, but the problem is that, and it's not even like they they wrap up a storyline and they let them go. Like Impact right now is a very big turnover rate, not in a bad way, but like they bring people in for a couple months, they do a storyline, they put someone over on their way out. It makes sense. NXT doesn't work like that. They will there will be people involved in a story or people you see on the show every week, and if you don't follow the internet, and listen, everyone has an internet connection, but if you don't like, you know, for example, like. Molly, I don't, I don't, she's not watching your wife, Molly. She's not watching NXT every week, but let's say she did. She's not following Sean Ross Sapp on Twitter to know that Harlan's getting released. And it's like, all right, where did that guy go? And you just never see him again. You probably think he's her, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So, um, when, when people just randomly, like, for example, I, as a viewer, am sitting here thinking back on that whole it, like, I like the index stuff before Persia and Duke Hudson got involved, but I look back on that whole time period, what was the fucking purpose of those segments if half of the people were going to get released? I mean, what a waste of time. It didn't even accomplish anything. Like, that's so, probably the biggest problem to me, in my opinion. I completely agree as well. You know? But here's a question for you. Yep. Do you think, which I think now is a good thing probably should have done, when they went from one extreme, like I said, they went from the blind gold NXT to what they did now, do you think they should have just changed the name? Like, I feel like that. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. I think yeah. that's one of the problems too. Is that people keep seeing NXT and they think it's the same. Like, it's totally different. It's like when they brought back the WWE ECW. That's yep. like the that's like the transition. It's like people thought it was an ECW, and like 
they tried it at first, and then it just kind of went to like what basically NXT 2.0 is now. It's like realistically, should just change the name. And if at that point, once they did the change, that's when they should have done all the name changes. Fire anyone you want, and fucking start booking and sticking to your guns because I feel like now it's like they still like someone like Kaylee Ray, like they just change her name randomly, like Casey Gonzalez. I mean, I think a lower extent, but like change her name, like. These are people that have been wrestling on your TV show for years, and then all of a sudden, they get this new, like, they start in this new brand, so it's like, they change the name, all that stuff, okay, the same name, and then a couple months go by, they're like, oh, no, actually, we're going to change their name now. <laughs> it makes no sense. That's like, they realistically should have done all that stuff from the rip, they should change the name of the show, change the names of the people if you're going to do that, and release anyone that you thought were going to get released, because it was just such a weird... I don't understand what they try to do, like kind of do like a transition from NXT proper to the new one. Like they had like champ and put people over and all that stuff, but it just like, it just doesn't make sense. And just it, like you said, and now it's just full blown developmental and it just, it needs work. And it just, I mean, it's developmental, so it's always going to need work. But I mean, I think maybe, maybe hopefully there is some correlation between, like, they actually take people from NXT, and, like, now that they changed everyone's names and shit, like, there will be some kind of, like, once you get called up, it's, like, some kind of mm-hmm. correlation. But, I mean, the fact that they were calling up NXT people for, before changing their name and acting like it was, like, some brand new person that's on... There are other shows on the same fucking network. <laughs> Just, like, that's another thing that makes no sense. They call someone up from NXT to Raw, change their name and everything. It's like, dude, you literally promoted them last week on the same show on the same network mm-hmm. with a different name. And yeah. I think they just fucked it up. I mean, it's it's normal for them, but like I feel like the transition was just terrible. Well, like you said, I mean, we won't know until they start calling the new people up. Like, we're getting NXT call-ups right now, but it's all people that were there for the original NXT. I am very interested to see in what happens with Braun Breaker, what happens with... Carmelo Hayes is less of a, I hate to say, less of a guarantee because the guy is amazing. I think I, I've always been a Carmelo Hayes fan, dating back to his indie days. But um, the problem with him is that he's on the smaller side, and I could see Vince not pushing him because of that, which would be would be yeah, bullshit. He's, he's a little bit bigger than like, I bet you he's over two hundred pounds. Probably, yeah, I know, but I'm not. I'm saying he's not a Braun Breaker, so Braun Breaker probably has a better chance of getting over. But like you said, though, the hope is that when they call people like that up. Now that Vince is paying more attention to NXT, that he'll be more familiar with them. Like, Ember Moon literally, I mean, I could do a whole separate show on that, but she talked about how when she got called up, and this is not new, this is nothing new, but it's it's nice to hear from someone that worked there to actually confirm this, that the writers of Raw and SmackDown didn't even pay attention to NXT. They knew that she was on TakeOver the week before when she got called up four years ago, but when she got brought up, they didn't know anything about her character at all. I mean, that's just not a her problem. That's everyone that gets called up. That's why they have to... Like, I know I know you can't expect everyone who watches Raw and SmackDown to watch NXT. I get that. But to not even... For the writers to not even know who these people are when they get brought up makes no fucking sense. So, the idea that... I hate the fact that Bruce Pritchard's even involved in NXT at this point, but the hope is that if he's involved in NXT now and he's writing Raw and SmackDown still and he knows what's going on in NXT, hopefully when these people get brought up, They'll have a better chance than someone like uh, an Aleister Black or an Ember Moon or whoever get called up and go on to do absolutely nothing. So I guess, yeah, hopefully that's the optimistic part of me thinking there, like you had said. But like you had said earlier, as far as the brand goes, 
another thing that Ember Moon said was that the transition was literally night and day. Like from one week it was the NXT of old, and the next week it was NXT new. Triple H was there one week, the next week he wasn't, and then they just switch it over. And I know this isn't realistic. I don't think you could do this, but because I know it's on USA Network, really, dude, they should have gone black for a couple of months, just gone in the dark, and then come back with a completely new show, new name, like you said. If you had the same talent just under new names or some of them under new names, okay. Um, it is ex- when you said even before he mentioned ECW, that was the first thing that came to mind. Again, that also didn't have a that also didn't have a transition period. But ECW to NXT, it didn't really matter because ECW at the end wasn't overly good, and NXT early on wasn't good, so it really it didn't really make much of a difference. But like yeah. the old NXT, even a year ago, wasn't amazing every week, but it was a lot better than what we're getting right now. So. That would have helped as well. Like you said, there's there's a lot of issues there. The whole idea of the whole 90-day shit doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and it feels like we are officially in the NXT 2.0 era. You look at that roster, almost every holdout from the old NXT is either gone from the company or been called up. There are very few people left from that original era of NXT. Cameron Grimes is one holding a belt right now. There aren't many others beyond him. Uh, one of the, What were you going to say? I was just saying, I th- honestly think that's for the better. If you're going to do the transition, you kind of, I feel like it's better than if you just like keep on holding on to these people. Like if you're going to go full on developmental and start pushing people, like you kind of have to move on from the old. So I don't actually hate that kind of mentality on that end. No, no, I don't hate that. I mean, even like with ECW, like they got rid of the whole, not got rid of them, but they either moved people to the main roster or they got released. And that's just what it was. And then the new NXT, they had the pros on there. Um, you know, the, the, the original, original NXT, the whole competition shit, but they had all new faces every week. I mean, that's just what it was. Um, NXT was the same thing, dude. NXT, when it became what it was in 2012 was a, a positive because no one was watching it before it got rebranded into the show at Full Sail. But before it was, the show sucked. But when they rebranded the show at Full Sail, it was all new people every week. And that was one of my issues of NXT 2.0 early on was that we were getting new people every week and they weren't really giving us any time to really get used to these people and they didn't have a lot of experience. But again, the biggest difference between that and, and 10 years ago was that 10 years ago, it was on Hulu. Or like, you couldn't even watch it. Like, no one could even really watch it. No one. It was, it was pure developmental and it wasn't on a two-hour show on USA. And they weren't doing this cheesy bullshit gimmick stuff with a lot of the people and... Some of the stuff I see on Tuesdays is just not good at all. So I don't know, man. It is nice that they, they're finally, there are some parts of the show that are pretty good and they're focusing on the right people, which is nice. And I do think you're, you're right. I think focusing on the new faces makes sense at this point and, and moving away from the people that were part of NXT of old. Um, but it is still sad to see and my heart breaks every time we see someone either move on or get fired. Cause that's just another reminder that NXT is gone. Um, I mean, I mean, listen, wrestling is an ever revolving circle, they will go back to hiring indie talent at some point. I think we all know that. And, and I'm not even saying the, the idea of hiring athletes is a bad idea, um, but I don't think they should completely shut down the idea of hiring people with experience because I think that would just be fucking dumb. Like Roxanne Perez has a, some experience, more 10 times more experience, I would assume, than Akita Lyons, and she so far has been pretty good, and she's only had two matches. So she's, she's had two matches that were better than anything Akita Lyons has done so far. So that's just uh, the, the point I'm trying to make here. And uh, hopefully we could see the brand improve in due time. But uh, on that note, and we spent a lot of time talking about NXT. We will move on in a moment. But I do got to mention this while we're on the subject. Wasn't released, but it was reported earlier on this week. Roderick Strong also wants out of NXT. 
I had heard, um, I think it was Post Wrestling, I believe, had reported the other day. Not only does he want out, I think he requested his release multiple times. I don't know at what point. I know his wife got fired last year. All the Undisputed Era guys are gone. His faction is gone. I mean, it, the, the Cruiserweight division that he was a champion of is gone. The guy's got nothing left at this point. So I can't say I'm surprised. When I read that news, I'm not surprised. He's another guy that's literally been there six years. They were never going to call him up. On his own, the guy was fucked. I mean, we knew that. If they got if he got called up, he'd be on main event and then fired. So the fact they never called him up didn't surprise me. He's done all there is to do in NXT. And if they are to release him or if he is to leave when his contract is up, whenever that is, I can't say I'd be upset over that because I'd rather see him move on and go somewhere else because, again, he's another one in NXT who works well with everyone. He has great matches. Roddy's one of the best in the world from an in-ring standpoint. But there is literally nothing left for him to accomplish in NXT because he is not winning that NXT championship. No, I completely agree. I mean, when he was called in NXT beginning, like when he first got there before the Undisputed Era, I mean, he stuck out like a sore thumb. He was just very generic. And, I mean, he was just kind of there. And obviously, I feel like once he got with them, it kind of boosted him with the cards. By himself, I just, he just kind of, he just feels like a, like a creator wrestler. I mean, he's great in the ring, but like, he just, there's nothing like exciting about him. And then once they kind of all left and then his group disbanded and the whole division that he was in disbanded, I mean, it's kind of just, Basically, he's just kind of treading water at this point. So I, I like Roddy, but I mean, I think the writing, unfortunately, is on the wall for him. I mean, it's just realistically, I think honestly, people are like oh, AEW goes some. It's great because they give people other places like to work. But it's like at the point now, they're getting so over bloated. It's like, do I like? Would you want to see him go there? Like, what's he gonna do? Just be another guy like in a faction that's not gonna do anything? Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. I understand. Everyone's like, oh, it gives the guys another place to work, which it does. But now they're getting to the point that they're getting like WWE level bloated rosters. It's like, so then now everyone can't just go there. Like every time someone's going to hope they go to AEW, it's like they don't have enough room. No, the problem is that WWE is just letting go of too many people. I mean, I think they can, they can afford to hold on to a lot of the people they've been letting go. And I mean, there's still people that don't get television time on, on WWE, but SmackDown could use some of the people they're letting go of, dude. I mean, SmackDown has been focusing on the same 10 people for like six months now. And I love Roman, but we need some fresh faces on that show. Like, it was at the point, like, we weren't seeing anyone on TV because WWE had so many people. But now we're on the other end of the spectrum where they've let go of too many people. And I don't know if they have enough people to justify a brand split anymore. That's the problem I feel like we're having now. I just feel like they haven't built, especially, so I think this is SmackDown specific. Well, that too, yeah. SmackDown specifically, I feel like, has done a very poor job on building anyone up. Even, like, I mean, it's fucking not rocket scientist. I mean, anyone that, like, would win the IC belt would then be pushed to a spot to then eventually probably contend or be a champion. And it's like, with Shinsuke, he was just kind of, like, holding the belt just to hold it. Like, he didn't have, like, an amazing reign. Like, I know they say they want to do something with Ricochet. I, I mean, I won't believe it until I see it. Mm-hmm. I mean... He's beating fucking Shanky. Like, I mean, he's a good wrestler. I just don't, like... He's just, like, in that Rey Mysterio role, I feel like. And, I mean, it's nothing wrong with that. But, like, I just... I don't think he's ever going to be pushed. I mean, I don't know if Ray would have ever been pushed, unfortunately, if Eddie didn't pass. So, we really don't know how far he would have gone. I mean, at back then, people were just kind of happy to see him. Like, they weren't really worried about his card positioning. But, uh... I mean, Sheamus, like Sheamus, but he's still doing, like, the New Day shit. Like, can we move on from that? I mean... Who else? It's like that's the problem. There's just no one else on SmackDown. Like that's like even like you would even think about pushing against Roman. That's why they're putting or Drew. Obviously Drew, but like there's no one next. There's not a next guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like Raw has a good like Raw has enough 
main eventer top top upper card guys that they can justify like putting them in a title match. SmackDown, on the other hand, I feel like they just don't, and that's why we're getting like this six man tag. Like it seems exact pretty random, just because I just don't think SmackDown has the horses right now to really do anything with them. Yeah, I mean, the, the Jeff Hardy got let go, Cesaro's gone, people like that, that could have been built up. Ricochet's like, the fact that Ricochet is like, technically their number two babyface on that show, tells you all you need to know. I mean, there's some talent on SmackDown, but, I mean, I think Kofi and Xavier, I'm not saying Xavier's going to be the next Universal Champion, but even Kofi, I think, could be doing more than the tag team stuff still. I mean, I don't want to see them back in the tag team title picture at all. I mean, you could have built a Roman and Kofi if Kofi meant more than he does right now. The guy's a glorified tag team guy. I mean, Xavier had some momentum for a little while when he was feeding with Roman, and then they he had to leave because he got hurt, and they brought him back, and he's back to being a tag team guy. So, I mean, again, it's not like they don't have talent. It's just they're not bothering to build anyone up, as you said. Um, they do have Gunther. I mean, I don't know if Gunther... What do you think his ceiling is? We haven't really talked a lot about SmackDown, but what do you think his ceiling is on SmackDown? Um, it's hard to say I mean, right now. It's hard to say right now. I mean, he's getting pushed. I mean, he's kind of getting like the uh, monster heel treatment. Like he's getting job guys every week. I mean, I mean, I think theoretically, I'd probably have him pushed up the. I'd have him beat Ricochet, put the belt on him there, have him have a decent reign, then kind of position him towards the championship. But I mean, it all really depends on what happens. I think that's I think the one thing with Roman that's. Not that it sucks, but it's like he's holding both the main belts. It's like if he's not defending them, then it's like clearly those other guys aren't getting chances. So, I mean, theoretically, I wouldn't hate if he won the Intercontinental belt, has a good reign with it, and then, I mean, I don't know if he'd win, but like say that you had Drew take the belt off of Roman, you could do Gunther and Drew. I think that would be pretty cool. But like I said, then I don't think he'd win the belt. I think Drew would retain. So, I mean, I think – what they've done with them so far has been fine, but I mean, I can only see him beat job guys for so long. So I just don't care anymore. So hopefully he starts getting like an actual push and facing real people. So I think intercontinental champions, like in the near future sounds kind of, or looks like that's the direction they're going in, which I like Like you don't need to push him right up the card, right to, to the WWE championship. But I mean, he has to win the belt and then defend. Like, if he wins the belt, who's he going to beat? Fucking Xavier Woods and Kofi? I mean, There's no mid-card, yeah. Exactly. They have no mid-card babyfaces, so we'll see. I mean, I think if I was betting, I would say mid-card right now is kind of his, his not ceiling, but that's what I see going next. I think he can be a champion. I think he's good enough and the right push he'll be champion, but you just never know what they're going to do. He can defend against Madcap Moss and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, who I think is in the back of a milk carton right now. I like Madcap, so. <laughs> I don't know if Walter versus Madcap is exactly a match I would love to see, but you know what? You know, I'll give him credit, dude. They're trying. With Madcap, they're, they're they're trying. I know you're a big Madcap fan, but, like, all joking aside, no pun intended, they, <laughs> they are trying to get him over. My only issue with it, and I never really thought he was overly special, but I think it's worth a shot if they ditch the gimmick. I know you like the gimmick, but I think it's just... I don't know. I, I don't no. think it's doing him any favors. No, 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 no. I don't like the gimmick. I think it's I think it's funny, pun not intended. Okay, okay, But okay. I think if you want him to be a star or be what they're trying to push him is, you got to lose the fucking silly stuff. Make him Riddick Moss and... All right, we agree on that. Okay. Yeah, he should be Riddick Moss. He shouldn't be fucking Mad Cat. Like, Does it pass the name test? 
No, it doesn't. <laughs> I think they should realistically push him up the card. Change, like, beat Corbin, change his name from Madcap, because that's just like, you're just a fucking goof at that point. Like, I get it when he was with, like, he was basically Corbin's flunky, so at that point, that's when it worked. But now that he's on his own, move on from that. Give him a real, give him back his real name. Don't fucking shorten it to Moss or just Riddick, because that's just fucking stupid. And I think, realistically, you could push him up the card. Like I said, unfortunately, I mean, there really isn't too many heels on the SmackDown side either it could beat. I mean, beats Corbin. I mean, Ricochet's a babyface, so it's not going for that. I mean, I don't really know how you'd kind of circle him with the Sheamus people. I think that's one of the other problems with this gimmick. I feel like, say that he beats Corbin, I feel like they would keep the gimmick because that's what would kind of like entice the heels to go after him. Like, Maybe, yeah. Say that, like, plays a goof or does something to Seamus and them, I think that's how you'd get to that program. There would like, why else? I just, unless, like, you would have Corbin, like, hired them to beat him up. I don't know. But then you'd still be getting him and Corbin. So, unfortunately, I feel like the gimmick, they love that shit, so. The problem is they're going to use the gimmick to, like, kind of, like, get the heels against them, I feel like, if they keep pushing them up the card or pushing them, like, further winning-wise, which is stupid. Yeah, that's the problem. Go, I grab Butch's nose. We're going to face him and fucking Rick and uh, him and <sighs> Ridge and them. Like, it's going to be something stupid like that, I feel like. I saw some up? people trying to argue that Butch was over because the, they, you know, they were in the UK last week. And they did this whole thing on the house shows. People are posting videos. Oh, where is Butch? We can't find Butch. And the crowd loved it. Do these people not realize he's from the fucking UK? I mean, honestly. I mean, they're not going to not give him any reaction. The guy's a UK guy. Do you do that shit in the States? I'm not saying I guarantee you won't get any reaction, but you listen to the reaction the shit gets on TV. He looks like a fucking moron when he's almost like foaming at the mouth and they, they can't find him and he's in the crowd. He's kicking the turnbuckle. This this shit is awful. I mean, he's getting, he's getting like the midget wrestler treatment. Literally, you know, like, dude. Not not like even kidding. That's midget, a, oh, he's it's like the horn swoggle. Yep. Little person wrestling like drive. Like he gets angry. He's like. Just it's just it's just not work. <laughs> They're acting like he's four feet tall. It's like, dude, it like it's a bad gimmick anyway. But the problem, what makes it worse, is the fact the guy doing the gimmick is so much more talented than what they have him doing. That's what I don't understand. And then, well, yeah, that's the problem. I, you know, I, I might be in the minority on this. I, I guess at this point, I don't know. But someone like an LA Knight, you need stars on SmackDown right now. I know. Listen, he can be a great manager. The guy can talk. But if you need single stars. Why wouldn't you use him as a single star right now? I don't get that. Latching him on with fucking Mace and Mansoor is not the answer. Because that's more to get them over. And I think Mansoor is good. I Mace, I just, I've kind of given up on at this point. But LA Knight can be a guy that could be, you know, in the mid-card title picture, upper mid-card if they pushed him correctly. He doesn't, not that he doesn't have any time left and this thing's going to die tomorrow, but, you know, they look at 40-year-olds as being too old, which... I don't agree with, but if the guy can go and the guy can talk, I don't see the problem. And they're they don't even have him on TV right now, so I, I don't know, man. It's a weird situation on SmackDown right now. Raw's been a much better show. Uh, we won't do a full on review here because it was a you know significantly less newsworthy show this week compared to last week. No returns this week. It was a pretty standard show and building up a uh, backlash for Sunday, which we'll get to momentarily. Um, anything stand out to you from Raw this week? I know we had multiple 24-7 champions crowned, like anyone gives a fuck, and now we're getting a divorce with Dana Brooke and Reggie. That, we've talked about this before, that is easily the worst thing on the show every week. That is always terrible. 
Everything else was fine. You know, they built up Bobby to face Omos on Sunday. The Cody and Seth segment was good. Um, I thought that was well done. The opening segment with RK Bro, McIntyre, and the Bloodline was well done. The building up Veer. I'm um, still liking the Ezekiel, Kevin Owens stuff. The six-man tag team match was good. And we had a very well-wrestled women's main event with uh, Bianca, Liv Morgan, and Asuka knocking off Sonya Deville, Becky Lynch, and Rhea Ripley. Uh, nothing having to do with backlash at all. It was kind of a random match, but, you know, all six women are feuding with each other, and it makes sense, so I thought it was a good match. But uh, I enjoyed Raw. Not really a newsworthy show or really anything to write home about, but I thought it was solid this week. Yeah, like you said, it's, Raw is good. I think Raw's been a lot better every week. The whole 24-7 stuff. The thing is with that, I think that's still like a USA thing. Like, Yeah, it has they, to be. <laughs> that, like, they need a fucking... You just need to just count, like, count your losses at this point and move on. It just... Unfortunately, it's just it's just the worst part of Raw every week, and it just makes it look goofy and silly. And I feel like the rest of the show has been more serious lately. Obviously, the Ezekiel stuff's like more of like that's more wrestling comedy, not just stupid twenty four seven. Like, oh, they're gonna get married. Like that whole stuff is just like a dumb wrestling like trope that's just dumb, and the title means nothing. So just move on from that, please. Oh, it's awful. I mean, listen, I know it's not supposed to be the most prestigious title, but it's not even entertaining, though. Like, the hardcore title is entertaining. This is not entertaining. It has not been entertaining for a very long time. The show's been bad for quite a long time. I enjoyed Dynamite on Wednesday, though. Um, Not a lot to talk about on the AEW front this week, but I did think it was a good show. We had Jeff Hardy qualifying for the Men's Heart Owen Hart Cup um, against uh, Bobby Fish, setting up him and Darby for the first round. So it's him and Darby in the first round. We have Dax Harwood and Adam Cole. Kyle O'Reilly versus... Who was the other person? Jungle, Jungle Boy? No, he already oh, beat Jungle Boy. Jungle who was Boy. He beat Jungle Boy. Um, who else qualified? Oh, for Phoenix. Phoenix, Phoenix. It was Phoenix because he qualified Phoenix, last yeah. time as well. Yep, Phoenix and Kyle O'Reilly. And then Samoa Joe versus a Joker entrant that we, I would assume, <laughs> we'll find out in, in two weeks because we're getting um, Harwood and Cole next week in addition to Hardy and Allen. So they'll probably do the other first two round matches in, in two weeks. So, um, yeah, your thoughts on uh, the Owens Hart Cup kind of shaping up, and we're, obvi- we're obviously getting the finals at double or nothing. I'm kind of surprised they're giving Hardy and Allen away in a first-round match, but, I mean, I guess they don't want Hardy going all the way to the finals, which makes sense um, just because he's not in – I'm not going to say he's not in great shape, but he's moving around significantly slower. So they probably don't want him beating fucking Adam Cole and shit, which I understand. So I guess that makes sense. I would have built it up a little bit more than that, but whatever. Um, that should be fine. I'm just kind of looking at the bracket and I'm wondering who goes over in the end. Maybe Adam Cole and who goes over on the other side of the bracket. If, if it, you know, if it's Adam Cole on the finals on one side and who's on the finals on the other side. So your thoughts on the qualifiers and who we have in this tournament so far and who might be the Joker? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, I mean, I honestly thought that the patches we had last week was the first round. So I guess I guess I wasn't paying attention because I guess next week's the first round. So, um, I mean. Like you said, I'm surprised they're giving away Darby and, and Jeff Hardy so early, but like I said, I feel like Jeff kind of looked a little bit rougher in the ring lately, so you're not going to want I mean, I, I think Darby's going to win there. Cole and Hardwood, I think it's going to be a good match, but I mean, I think Cole's going to win like easily. I mean, be pretty dumb for him. I mean, I like Dax and, and Cash and FDR, but I mean, him losing to the way that they're positioning him, him losing to Dax wouldn't really make much sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyle and Phoenix, I mean... Should be a decent match, I think. I mean, kind of random. I feel like that could be like a style clash there. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think it'll be a good match. I would say feeling Phoenix will win. Felix. 
I have to call him Felix. He's Felix. <laughs> yeah. I think Felix will win. And then what was the other match you said? It was Samoa Joe and Joker. I mean, yep. Jesus Christ. I, I mean. Another surprise I, entrant. There's so many fucking surprises. I'm lost at this point. Uh, well, I it, it also doesn't have to be someone outside of the company, by the way, as other people have pointed out. It could be Miro. Sure. Miro. Fine. <laughs> I, I mean, I would have Joe win, probably. I mean. I like Miro, but he hasn't been on TV forever. If you're gonna do, it. maybe it's Pip. Maybe it's Pip Sabian. So, oh my um, god, don't even say that. Maybe it's Lance Archer. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I mean, I think looking at it, looking at it just from a from afar, from afar, I would say Adam Cole's gonna win. Do I think he should win? No, but I think he's gonna win. I don't know. I haven't liked him at all since he kind of joined AEW. I feel like he's just kind of there. Doesn't seem like as big as he was when he was in NXT. Doing kind of a lot more haha goofy stupid shit. The undisputed hour, I mean, they just eat pinfalls. I mean, it is what it is, but that's the kind of way it's looking there. The women, I didn't even know who's on the women. I think it's like Riho and Yuka Sakazaki. Yuka Sakazaki. Yuka. Yeah, they're having a qualifier on Friday. Yeah. Sorry, I had a fucking. I can't think of what her last name is. <laughs> yeah. I'm pulling up you got there, Yuka so right. Yeah, I'm good there. So I got. Yeah, I mean. So we got Tony and Jamie. I feel like they've been building that one up for like a year. That's only important. <laughs> All we ever see him is in his backstage segments. Ever. How much can you really say to each other at that point? Then we got Cheetah and Red Velvet, Ruby Soho and Dr. Britt, and then Riho and Yuka Sakazaki, and then the other matches have been announced. Yeah, I mean, if I was booking it, which I'm not, I would <laughs> say Tony Storm would make the most sense. I mean, you're bringing her in. You want to give her a push. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, Hikaru Shida, been there, done that. Love her, mean it, but never on TV besides that street fight from, like, last week. Red Velvet, I mean, she's in the baddie section now. I, I, I kind of like that. But I like Red Velvet. I might be in the minority there. I like Red Velvet. I liked her when she was Brandy number two, um, <laughs> when she was pregnant. But uh, I like Red Velvet. I think she's got a lot of potential. I mean, the name's... Definitely doesn't pass the name test, but uh, I like her. I think she's good. I like her with uh, with Jane and uh, Kira Hogan. So, I mean, she. I think looking at it, maybe she she knocks off Sheeta. Maybe we get something with she, her and Jane. I mean, just because I feel like Tony will beat Jamie. So, I mean, they do face and face. So I guess that doesn't always have to go hand in hand because Ruby and Doctor Britt. I mean, I would assume Britt would win there, and then Riho and Yuka, and then like I said, there's not another. Match. So looking from afar, I think Tony would win. I, I'm interested to see what you think, but I mean, from what's announced, I think she would make the most sense. So are Tony and Britt on opposite sides of the bracket, or no? They are. Okay, so I think that'll be the finals. Um, you know, I don't think Soho is winning. I think, I mean, could you do Tony and Ruby Soho on the finals? I guess, but really, they're on the same side. They're on the. They're in different brackets, obviously. So you, I mean, you could. Uh, I mean. Just because we need to throw, you have to throw out logic because they they have they do have face versus face, so it's not like you like that could happen. So or heel versus heel. So yeah, no, it could. Um, the thing is, is that my my why I say that is because, and I'm not really so with Soho, she's gonna lose the Brit again. I mean, she's lost on TV almost every fucking time I've seen her on this show. Ever really since they called her up or called or brought her in. I mean, she lost the Brit the first time. She lost the Jade Cargill. She lost the Ruby or uh, Nyla Rose when we saw her in action on Dynamite a couple of months ago. 
I mean, this woman almost never wins whenever it matters most. I'm sure they will win the tag team match on Friday, but then she'll lose to Britt in the first round, if that's what the first round match is. And you would think, oh, maybe she'll get her win back. I don't see a scenario where they let go or they get rid of Britt in the first round. You know, I also so. don't think they're gonna have her and uh, her and Tony beat Britt and uh, Jamie Hader. Because then they just make them look like fucking losers. So. Yeah, yeah. Them, at least one of them win. I mean, maybe I think I just don't think they'd have Jamie beat Tony. No, nah, that's the thing. I think I think Tony should probably win the whole thing. I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, mean, I'm looking looking at the bracket and looking at who's in it. Um, Britt doesn't need it. I mean, Tony just showed up. Sue, I'm not saying Soho is damaged goods, but. It wouldn't mean as much as it would have. Like, when she won the Casino Battle Royal, that was perfect because she had just showed up and she was over and she still is over, but... Do you think there could be any way that you maybe have Hater go long and they kind of start to tension between her and Britt if Britt gets knocked out? I mean... That's the problem. I feel like I want Hater to go far in the tournament. Maybe not win... I mean, it would be awesome if she won the whole thing. That would really help put her on the map, but they put her in the front in the first round with Tony Storm. And there's... I I would be shocked if Tony Storm lost. I, I thought she maybe would get a different... Like I said, I think if anything, she should have beat Red Velvet or something in the first round. Yeah, but you—that's the problem. Oh, oh nice. yeah, or Sheeta or something. Uh, I don't know. I think she, if realistically, we're trying to make more stars. Like Tony Storm's already like we know who they like. I don't know. When you keep pushing WWE people, I feel like it's just I mean, we know who they are. I feel like, like you said, this could be a perfect place you could have her go, win the whole thing, or at least go far, and then Brit maybe Brit gets knocked out in the first round, and like she's jealous of of Jamie. She's like seemingly like. I don't know. Like I said, maybe realistically you have her face heels and just kill the heels and then she starts getting more of a baby face reaction and then Britt gets pissed or jealous of her and then you get the turn and then you have her beat Britt because, I mean, Britt was kind of... She's still, like, over at the fans, so I feel like that'd be bigger for her. But yeah, I think realistically the way the brackets are laid out now, it's Tony or Boss at this point. Yeah, I think Tony should probably win. I would I would split up. Baker and and Hater though. Now that Britt's not champion anymore, you don't really need those women together anymore. So I don't know who you would turn face. I mean, Britt's already over as like people already cheer her anyway. So, but Hater turning face would make more sense because she's kind of like the underling. So like the Alex Riley type thing with with the Miz from like ten years ago. So, um, what what is uh this is a good question. What's like what's the stakes of this tournament? Um, so what's the cup? I want to say and I could be wrong I don't want to defend them I don't I don't know this as a fact I think you get a title shot but I could be wrong and as for, as far as the men are concerned I don't know what that title shot is I would be very surprised if they had a tournament like this and there were no stakes I mean Tony Khan for the most part is pretty good about making things happen for a reason and it's not just some meaningless crown like in the King of the Ring or the Queen's Crown or some shit I would assume you get a title shot but that's not that might be confirmed you'd have to look it up I don't know so I'm not sure. It says reveal that there'll be a men's and women's tournament. Respectfully, both winners would receive a trophy named the Owen. All right. Well, there better be more on the line than just that. <laughs> I mean, I don't see. It doesn't say anything else. It just says both matches will culminate with finals double or nothing, and deciding why there would be both. Tony Khan said it's like the Wimbledon tennis tournament. Um, well, I would hope that they listen. If you win three tournament matches in a row. I would think that would make you skyrocket up the top five for whatever division you're in. So, I'm not sure how that works exactly. I mean, if if, if like Adam Cole wins or Darby Allen wins, I mean, if Adam Cole wins, what do you... I mean, he already went for the world title twice and lost. Does he go after the TNT title with fucking Scorpio Sky? I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I'm, 
you know? I mean, seriously. I love that reaction. That was a A1 reaction. Was he for Scorpio? I mean, like, what, for the pointless TNT tie? I love Scorpio. The belt means nothing right now. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, like you said, like, would Tony win and then face... Tony Don't has, really. she has a better chance if she wins. She is a better, again, we talked about this over text, but like with the women, because the division's smaller and there's less titles to go for. I mean, especially with Jade, Jade needs fucking opponents. I I mean, does she even have a rival right now? She beat Marina and that was it. So she's just kind of spinning her wheel. She's doing well, but she has no program. Yeah, but, do, but then here's the point. Do then you have, do you have Tony win the tournament and then just get fed to Jade? Because I don't think she's going to lose. Um, That's the thing. I, See, look at that. Look no, 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 no. But that what I was gonna say was, I may have her win. So that's the wow. thing. What What do we do? I'm not saying we need to figure this out right now. Yes, but you it, do. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. In general, who do we have beat Jade? We may not even have the answer because it might be someone that's not even on the roster yet. But it's like the Roman Reigns thing. I said this on hashtag yesterday. We're at the point now. Well, Jade's only been champion for four months. Roman's been champion for two years. Different story, but. We gotta start thinking here. All right, are we are we building towards anyone beating her for that title? Because any of the baby faces like Kurashida, I'm all set on that. Um, Soho, she already lost to Jade. I think Soho would be perfect for the TBS title. That's why I think she should have been the first champion. But you know, Jade has gone over, so I'm not completely against that. I, I would say, you know, I said four months ago she wasn't ready. Um, she has gotten a lot better since then, so I'm not as much on that train as it was before. So I think she's done fine. Uh, who else is there? I mean, she's already beaten a, a majority of that division. She already beat fucking Thunder Rosa, you know, during the tournament. So um, yeah, I mean, realistically, I think they should have had. I, I, I mean, we said this at the time. I think Ruby Soho should have been the first TBS champion. I just feel like now there's just like you said, Jade beat everyone already. So it's like I don't know. And then if I just feel like once she loses, she lose she'll lose a lot of steam. And it's like, she's not going to, like, maybe she goes for the main women's championship. I really don't know, but yeah. I guess that's why we wait and see, but. Tony would make sense, though, honestly. I wouldn't be upset if Tony, because at least it makes sense. She's credible enough. It's not like Red Velvet beating fucking Jane Cargill. Like, she's not great, you know? So I'm not, I'm like, okay, why would it be her? I'm not saying people are suggesting her, but Tony is talented enough for her to beat the one to beat Jade. For her to be the one to beat Jade makes sense to me. Unless it's someone like, and listen, I get it, bringing in way too many people. The only other person that I can think of that's not there right now that they could bring in to beat Jade, in my opinion, I I think the idea of Athena, a.k.a. Ember Moon, coming in and beating Jade, I like that idea. Because I feel like, I don't know, just for whatever reason, I she's smaller than Jade, so you have that, you know, David versus Goliath dynamic. I think she's talented enough where she can really add something to that division. And I'm not even saying every woman that got released last in the last couple of months should go to AEW. Like, I was the first one to say when Dakota Guy got cut, no, I do not want to see that. You said it earlier, I do not want to see Dakota Guy in AEW. I would be happy if she did go there. I mean, hey, listen, make a paycheck, and that's cool. But I honestly don't... I, she would be pulling dark duty every fucking week. She just doesn't fit the vibe of AEW for me, and I think she'd be much better off in Impact. Impact is women's tag team titles they actually do a lot with. Her and Tegan Knox reuniting, I think it would be fucking awesome. Tegan Knox is another one. I don't know if they would really push to if, if Ruby Soho really hasn't done a whole lot in AEW, I don't have a lot of faith for Tegan Knox or Nixon Newell or whatever her other name is on, on the indie scene. So, like Mia Yim, 
I, I like Mia Yim. Would they really give her an aggressive push in AEW? Yeah, her husband's there, but maybe, I don't know. Taya Valkyrie's off doing her own thing right now. But I do think Athena, a.k.a. Ember Moon, she can go to Impact and do well too, but she might be the only other person I would consider signing at this point for the females because no one else really makes as much sense to be Jade Cargill, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean... I just, I don't know, I just, I, I'm kind of over the whole, like, ex-WWE people going there. I, I would rather focus on Jade and keep pushing her than give it to, like, Ember Moon or someone like mm-hmm. that. I mean, what's saying they bring her and she's not the next Ruby Soho? No, she or, could be. No, no, I, I, I agree, yeah. That's the thing. I feel like they've brought a lot of people in, but they've seen little to no success. So it's like, why would, why you keep, like, this formula is broken at this point. I would just, I think Jade's a bigger star than anyone they have there, so having her could be unless she's going for the main championship would be dumb at this point yeah maybe uh, i was gonna say yeah they have her unify it with thunder rosa i mean that would be a big match her and rosa and a rematch from late last year but uh i mean they just created the damn thing so i, was gonna I, mean, say, you can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want a jade two belts either or thunder two belts or whatever so i i don't even like the fact that roman has two belts so i i'm i'm kind of over the whole two belts thing at this point but um yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Um, last thing before we get to backlash predictions quickly. Um, if it is that someone outside of the company is the Joker for the Owen Hart Cup, you know, I mentioned Miro. I don't think they would bring back Miro to lose. I feel like that'd be dumb. Um, or a Brian Cage, maybe. But the thing is, would people really give a fuck? Probably not. I think it should be a one-off someone from outside of the company and they come in and lose if they're not signing there. To me, the two names that come to mind are Cesaro or Johnny Gargano. So your thoughts on another one of those two? As a one-off. Sure. sure. I mean, I think it'd be cool, right? Yeah, it'd be cool. I mean, I just... It's, so I'm going to indulge your your you know idea of what you said earlier. I'm not even saying sign them. I think if you sign Cesaro, you should go to Ring of Honor, not AEW, because they wouldn't know what the fuck to do with him. Unless he reunites with... Chris Hero or something. I don't know if that's going to work out too well. But I think to yeah, bring him in... Yeah, that's what we need. Another tag team. I mean, no. Yeah, well, it depends. I'm, I'm more open to that idea if they were doing something notable. I wouldn't just bring in a tag team for just the sake of another tag team. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the idea of them using... Listen, I'm not saying do it every week, dude. But if they can use one-offs like W. Morrissey and shit like that from other companies and other people from the indie scene like they were doing last year, but wait, not necessarily wait, sign the people... Wait, 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 wait. When's the match? Two weeks from now. Where are they? Do you know where they are two weeks? Um, I know they're in Long Island next week. In so the they 20... did it next week and they did like someone like Matt Cardona or like... Yeah, no, it? exactly. But it's not next week is the problem. you know where it is? Um, I know in two weeks they're in Vegas. Next week they're in Long Island. In two weeks... I'm not sure. Um, I'll look they, it up. They are big on like, oh, hometown hero type shit, so... I yeah. mean, they, like every, I feel like they've been in Long Island more since MGF has been pushed than I've ever seen Long Island. <laughs> they go uh, to a lot of the same cities. What's it? Five? What's say five? So they're in Houston. They're back in Texas again. <laughs> yeah. They go to Texas a lot, man. They go to Texas, Florida, and Chicago. I mean, Chicago, they go all the time. Yeah, no, those are the three cities they really hit up a lot. In the Northeast, they don't go to the West Coast at all, but they are going to California early next month, which is cool, finally. Um, I know they're going to there for Vegas for double or nothing, but that's it. Um, yeah, Texas, uh, I don't even know. That's Archer. I don't even know where he's from. Most <laughs> <of them. laughs> uh, somewhere in Texas, but uh, I don't even remember. He hasn't. Go, Guerrero. 
<laughs> I mean, hey, there he is under a contract with him. He's he's uh managing someone in Ring of Honor from that from their Super Card of Honor pay per view last month. So Chavo Guerrero in, in Samoa Joe. What is this TNA circa 2012? I could see that. I could I could actually not see that, but who knows? JBL Booker T. <laughs> Can you imagine Booker T? Hey. Does, I get the vibe Booker T does not like AEW. Yeah, probably not. They probably, <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of just takes the WWE paycheck and that's about it. I like him, but it is what it is. But uh, anyway, that's the AW talk. We'll go through these WrestleMania backlash predictions quickly here. Um, like we said, six matches on the card, a lot of WrestleMania rematches here, and some more unpredictable than others. And no pre show match as we speak right now. More matches might be added, more stipulations might be added between now and Sunday, but I'm not expecting it. We'll start from the bottom, work our way up here. Happy Corbin, Madcap Moss. This has got to be a must-win situation, right, for Madcap Moss? Yeah, easily. Has to be. I mean, he's got to win here. Bobby Lashley and Omos. I would rather Bobby just win to put this shit to rest, but I feel like they'll probably have Omos win with the help of MVP to keep this shit going. I completely agree. Do you see any upside in Omos at all? He's big. I think, well... Yeah, I think having MVP with him helps, but it's not. I think, oh, yeah, MVP definitely helps more. than I think he works better with, like, he fits more with Omos than he does with Bobby. I mean, I think him and Bobby are a great pair, but I feel like Omos At this point, yeah, Bobby doesn't need him, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Bobby doesn't need him at this point, but, I mean, I just. I'd rather have Bobby just go on a tear until he faces Roman again at some point. Seriously, I'm, I I mean, I like I just, I don't really see a lot in Omos. I mean, he's big. I feel like you could have put Braun in that in that same position and be way better. But yeah, I mean, I, I want Bobby just to win and beat him. I just don't think that's what we're getting. So yeah. yeah, this is what it is at this point. We'll probably get a rubber match at Hell in the Cell. Maybe maybe inside Hell in the Cell these two. I, I would hope not. Um, AJ Styles and Edge, Damian Priest banned from ringside, reuniting with Finn Balor on Monday. Did Styles? I mean, it wasn't really a reunion. People were like, oh, they're reuniting. They never really were in the Bullet Club together. And the only time they've ever really interacted was that one match at TLC five years ago. So it wasn't really a reunion, but it was cool to see. I don't think Balor joins Edge. I think they want you to think that might happen. I don't know if we get a new member on this show, though. I think we all know Rhea Ripley's joining them at some point. I mean, that's kind of not obvious, but that's the direction they should go in. I don't know if that happens here, though, is the thing. Um, I'm going to say AJ wins, maybe, but I don't think the feud's over yet, though. Again, same thing where I feel like AJ gets his win back, but we get a rubber match at some point. Yeah, I think AJ wins here, and you get heat after the match somehow. Maybe a new member or someone come like, they just beat down on AJ after. Yeah, they'll probably get Damian and whoever the new member is. Unless it's Rhea, then there wouldn't be Rhea. But, I mean, there were rumors of Ciampa. but could give him Riptide. He's tiny. I mean, I think, listen, I'm not saying Rhea can't go with the men, but WWE has this weird thing where, like, and again, I'm not a big fan of the intergender stuff, but Rhea is believable enough and imposing enough to where I think she in the men's division would be, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that, you know? I think that would make sense. I don't want wrestling in the men's division, but I can see her getting physical with the men. I don't want to see her, like, wrestling, like, intergender matches, but... I think I would love to see her give AJ the riptide. I mean, I, I would. It would certainly be believable. He's on the smaller side, and Rhea is a fucking beast. So I would, I would love to see it. Um, let's see here: Cody Rhodes versus Seth freaking Rollins. Don't forget the freaking another WrestleMania rematch here. This one's a bit more unpredictable, Mister Marceau. 
Because Rollins could get his win back. I'm expecting Rollins to get his win back. It's a lot of 50-50 booking. You might as well call this WrestleMania 50-50 booking. That's what it is. Um, Which isn't the worst thing here. Because they're all established, so it's okay. But, I mean, I could also see Cody winning um, just to keep him strong, too. I mean, I think of all the matches and feuds going on right now, this is the one I could see going to Hell in a Cell. So I'm going to say Rollins. But I would love if Cody went 2-0 against Rollins. Yeah, this is a tougher one, like you said. I feel like you have Rollins. I feel like you have Cody win. I mean, I don't think Cody should be losing until until he get. I don't think he should lose at all at this point. So unless there's like some kind of fuck finish or something, I just feel like it shouldn't happen. Maybe, like I said, maybe you still have him win, get heat after, tell him he's gonna like kidnap Randy or something. We get hell in a cell or something. I don't kidnap know, Randy. But, Hey, who knows? You gotta get the. I feel like you're. They, I feel like they. They. There's a better chance that they get a Hell in a Cell match than than anyone else at this point. So, I mean, like I said, you could still have Cody win. Like maybe somebody pulls it out, of, pulls it out of his ass, like a roll up or something. It's like not more of a decisive win. And then, you get, like I said, maybe get some kind of heat after. But besides that, I mean, I guess you could have uh, Seth win. But I kind of want Cody to win all the way till he gets to the title. That's what I would do. That's what I would. I would. That's what I would love to see. Uh, six-man tag team match. No stakes at all. I'm not a fan of this. You don't really mind as much. But Drew McIntyre and RK Bro versus the entire Bloodline. No tag team title unification. I hope they still do it at some point. They advertised it for weeks, and now now we're just not getting it at all, which is weird. It's not like, oh, yeah, we're not going to do it on Sunday, but we will do it soon. No, they didn't even say that, so maybe they changed their mind. But listen, you know, I will say this, though. The six-man tag team match, it does make it a bit more unpredictable. Not that the tag team title unification wasn't, but... There is a chance the Bloodline loses here to set up McIntyre as the next challenger. And honestly, with that being said, I'm going to go with McIntyre and RK-Bro. I don't know if the Bloodline have ever lost a six-man tag team match, but I think it might happen here with one of the Usos taking the pin. I think Roman getting pinned would be stupid. Um, I mean, you could do that, but I would just save that for a bigger moment. But, you know, listen, if you want to build a Drew and Roman, Drew's going to need a big win over a guy, like, over a faction like the Bloodline. So I think they might go over here. That's my pick. Yeah, I think I think you have the blood the bloodline lose here. Like I said, it, I mean the way the story's going, it would have to be one of the Usos gets pinned. Like they've been eating pinfalls like fucking chocolate chip cookies lately. So, I mean Roman's definitely not happy with them. They keep losing a lot. If they lose again, especially now that he's involved, I feel like maybe you can see something else. But I mean Roman losing here, we wouldn't make. I wouldn't like him being pinned right now. Yeah, I would save that for down the road for whenever he loses uh, either either of the titles or both of them or whatever. Like you said, you can even tease it. Like, you can see, like, maybe he get, takes a claim more. Like, he, maybe he takes yeah. a claim more. Yeah. Like, it's like one of those things, like, in a six-man, everyone's kind of going in. Roman thinks he's going to give fucking Drew the Superman punch. He moves out of the way, and he hits him with a claymore, and he just powders out of the ring. And then we see one of the Usos get t- taken out. So it's like you get that moment of, like, holy shit, Roman, like, took a finish and, like, it was so like this is a one-on-one match. Like, oh my god, Roman could have lost, but then you got yeah. like it was there. So like, you get the heat, you get that like thought. I mean, I think Drew. Uh, I, I feel like he's still extremely over. I, I mean, he doesn't need to be the one to beat Roman. I just think at this point, for everyone on SmackDown, it's the only person that really makes sense right now. They're <laughs> um, yeah. giving them like that little tease and Roman not actually losing but taking the finish. I think that's good enough. What about um like or even a visual pin? You know where he. Gets the pin on Roman, but there's no ref there, so it's like, oh, one, two, three, and they're not actually yeah. counting, you know? Something yeah, like you that. could do that too, yeah. Either that or place the taking is finished, definitely, yeah. which 
kind of get in everyone's mind like, oh my god, if this is a real match, Roman will lose. Exactly, yeah, and then build either Hell in the Cell or the, I say the stadium show, the UK show, but that's not until September, so that's another four months away. I don't think they'll wait till then to do it. I mean, I know that's the big belief right now. I think they'll probably do it either at Hell in the Cell, more likely, or at least Money in the Bank. So they're not going to do it. Uh, you know, they're, I don't think they're going to wait four months. They could, but I don't think they will. What do you think main events, by the way? That match or Charlotte and Ronda? I know. You know, Charlotte and Ronda has not been the hottest feud, but I still think it's the only title match on the show that should probably go on last, especially McIntyre and RK Bro, and that whole match doesn't have any stakes at all. Yeah, I would I would say that match you probably think. I mean, the thing is, it just has no build. I just feel like no one cares. No, that is true. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yikes. That's a tough one. I mean... I think more people would care about the six man. I mm-hmm. think everyone in that match is significantly more over than those two. Like you said, it has no stakes. So you kind of got to weigh that in there as well. But I just feel like the crowd would just sit on their hands around and Charlotte, unfortunately. If any, uh, I'm very curious to see what the reaction is in Providence for that. Oh yeah, I don't know. I, I I think realistically, if I was doing it, I think the six man should main event. I just think that's a bigger match. Even though there's no thing on stakes, I feel like there's. Six people in it. They're all over, especially like RK Bro and and Riddle and and Roman and the Bloodline. Like they're the biggest, basically the biggest thing on both shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be pretty silly not. To, I mean, maybe you could have them open, but still, I feel like if you had them open, the crowd would never get up like that again for the rest of the show. So. Oh no, definitely not. Yeah, no. don't have them open. That would be a that. Oh my god, that'd be fucking terrible. <laughs> might leave after that. Realistically, you should probably have AJ and Edge open, but. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Unless you're going to do Charlotte yeah. Ronda first. Maybe do Charlotte Ronda first. Uh, then you kind of have Edge and AJ in the middle, sprinkle some more stuff in, and then you do the main event. Because, I mean, the, besides that, the, if you do Roman and, and then right off the bat, the crowd's going to be dead the rest of the show. No, I would do both main events, quote-unquote, towards the end. I would either open with Cody and Rollins, or AJ and Edge, as you said. Yeah, yeah That's you probably what that. I would do. Um, yeah, but we get to it now. Charlotte and Ronda. I quit match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. The build has not been great. I mean, it's a shame, but it is what it is. Uh, I think the match will be good, but the problem is that I quit matches are so hit or miss. And I, I, I like the idea of this being I quit because both women have submission finishers. And ho- I say hopefully eliminates the possibility of a fluky finish. But we've seen a lot of fluky finishes for I quit matches before. So, I mean, it's very possible we get one here. Yeah, it's... Listen, I know we're saying Ronda has to win. We've said that a lot lately. I could see... As I've said before, I could see them having Charlotte win in some dumbass fashion to close out the show. Montreal screwjob fashion to set up another match at Hell in the Cell. I feel like if you wait that long to put the belt on... Listen, no one cares as it is right now. It'll be even worse if you wait until June. You just rip the Band-Aid off, put the belt on Ronda. You can do a rubber match there if you want, which people are not going to like, and I get it. But as far as putting the belt on Ronda, it's... Not now or never, but it'll mean more here than it will in a month. Not that it'll mean a lot to begin with, because they just she's not super hot right now. But I would have Ronda win personally. I think it would be dumb to have Charlotte win at this point. Kid literally took my phrase. I was gonna say at this point, just rip the bandaid off. And do it. <laughs> I mean, like I said, no one cares really as it is now. If you wait even longer, it's gonna mean less. I mean, just because you put it in Hell in a Cell doesn't mean people are just gonna care. At that it'll make point. it even more obvious, though. I, I mean, know. at this point, you just like you say, if they do like some stupid like fuck finish, I mean, especially to end the show, gee, people might throw shit. I mean, <laughs> we'll be I there. Mean, we can partake in that. 
it's just it's not like the build's been terrible and then if you just do that i feel like the people are gonna get hot and just no i i mean it's at this point if you're gonna put the belt on ron and put on her no like i said you could still do a hell in a cell i mean no one will care but if you're gonna go all the way if ron is gonna be champion you gotta do it now if you wait longer it's just i mean she's just i think one of the biggest problems is ron is just just i hate to be that guy but she's just not likable at all so being her as the baby face and having Charlotte as the heel, which she's obviously the heel, I just think that's why people just don't give a shit because she's so unlikable as a baby face and Charlotte's not really likable as well because she's the heel. Mm-hmm. I just don't think people care. Yeah, that's the biggest problem with the dynamic right now. I'm not even saying reverse the roles, but Rhonda has just... I think she was a great baby face when she first came in years ago, but lately it just hasn't worked. Maybe it's because she talked so much shit when she was gone. About the company, not the company, but like about the women. Oh, it's fake. Then you come back and we're expect to like you. You know, I like Rhonda. I'm gonna be cheering her on Sunday, but it just is not worked. I think giving her as much mic time as they have also has not helped because she's just not a good talker, and she's gotten marginally better. But I think she'd be much better off as a heel and with Heyman or someone like that. I mean, on her own lately has not been good. The feud is just not. It's just not good. It's just not good. Especially if because it's the main thing on SmackDown. I mean, that shit closing up the show last week, the Drew Gulak shit. Oh, my God. It is just so bad. Aaliyah lasting the 90 seconds with Charlotte. Holy, I could not give two shits if I tried. No one cares. It's it's bad, dude. So, I mean, it's funny. I know it's like, oh, why you want it as the main event then? You know what I'm saying? It should go on last, but I'm shitting on the feud. I think they deserve it. You know, they should have main evented at Mania before the whole Austin thing happened and whatever. And. Maybe it was for the better because that wasn't a great match anyway. But listen, I think they got fucked over at Mania. They should give it. They should give him the spot here. It would be funny if this match has actual stakes and a stipulation, but the six man goes on last. I mean, at that point, that just tells you even the company doesn't care. I mean, that's even worse. The fans don't care. That's one thing, but if the company doesn't see that as a big feud, and they don't want to promote it as such. That's not good for a pay per view. For a pay per view that has no other title matches, this is the first pay per view in like two years that has no world title match on it since Elimination Chamber 2020, the last pay per view before the pandemic. So before that, you would have to go back even further. Um, I, it, so I don't care. Like, I, if Ron is gonna win, then like win clean, whatever. Yeah, you should have it main event. But if there's going to be some stupid... Oh, no, 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 yeah. yeah I can't agree. put it on last, because it will be terrible. Yeah, circumstantially, if, if Ronda's going to win, yes. If not, <laughs> that'll be Hell in the Cell 2016 on steroids. You know, I mean, Charlotte wins, LOL, like, no. Because you know they would do another match. You know they're not going to just leave well enough alone and move on. No, they would have Ron- they would have Ronda lose again, and then do another match next month that's even more obvious than this one. I mean, Should I get See you later, GSM ready? Pretty much. Hey, get the get the uh, line ready, brother, because uh, get the car started because that's what it's gonna be. I feel like. I mean, I'm saying I'm not, I'm booking my my pick is Ronda. Who's your pick? I'm picking Ronda. Okay, but I just feel like, listen, I said this. We said this before Mania that Ronda should have won there. She should have won at Mania, you know. And then they're still doing this. I mean, I don't know. I, I like both women a lot. I feel like specifically. I think specifically with Ronda, I think, and she, I don't know, not even Ronda, I think that's like just a Charlotte thing. Like, they always want to, like, swerve us with Charlotte. Like, oh, she's going to lose. Yeah, it happens all go. the time, yeah. It happens all the time. It's like, it's not, one, it's not special anymore. And two, it's like, <laughs> Ronda should have, like, Sasha Banks realistically should have won at WrestleMania 32. Yep. Like, looking back at it now, should have won, would have been a way bigger deal for her. 
then Charlotte winning. But no, we had to have Charlotte win. Then we have her beat Sasha and Hell in a Cell. Terrible. Like, have beat her beat Oscar. Ronda. Dumb. Terrible. Have her beat Oscar. Bad. Like, they, Leah Ripley. Oh my God. Specifically with her, I feel like they're always just like, oh, we're gonna put Charlotte over because not it's it's like what predictability is not like it's not predict like everyone predicts her to lose. It's just not no that, that that's not how it works. It's <laughs> I feel bad for her. I like Charlotte a lot, but the way they book her is just terrible. You know, it's not her fault. It's just, it's a shame. Because she doesn't, I feel like she doesn't get enough credit because she is very good. She's great. She's one of the best ever, I think. That's not a stretch to say, but the way they book her is just fucking terrible. I mean, this is why she's like a 12-time, 14-time champion or some shit. Oh, my God. It's just, it's just been there, done that, dude. Yeah. Well, get that ready for Sunday because there's the, I'm not even saying it's a guarantee and I've said it before, I, I should get this written on a t-shirt. Their incompetent booking actually helps their shows because it makes the matches more unpredictable, assuming that they could do the wrong thing. So that could be... All, that, listen, we made a lot of predictions for the show. I'm not even saying, like... I mean, Corbin beating Moss would be ridiculously dumb. If they do that, and I'm not even saying that's impossible because it very well could happen, that would be stupid. But it could happen. Um, I know Corbin's got to win one once in a while, but that would be dumb. You know, Rhodes losing wouldn't kill me, but, you know, they do a lot of dumb stuff sometimes, So, which is why when they do stuff at Mania where they do stuff right, it means more. I'm not even saying they should go out of their way to do stuff wrong, but it means more because they do a lot of the stuff wrong. When they get it right, they get it right, and I'm hoping they get it right with the show. I'm not expecting because, you know, this is it, this looks like kind of a transitional show on paper, but, you know what, I'm going to be optimistic because we'll be there, and if nothing else, I get to see the Marceau, so there is that, right? Exactly. That's all that matters at the end of the day. That's all that matters, Mr. Marceau. But I, I look forward to breaking down the show with you next week here on the show on next Thursday. New episodes every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode every single Thursday. But before then, Mr. Marceau, as I just said, I'll catch your ass on Sunday, brother. Have a great week. Until then, I'll see you in three days. Sounds good. See you later, man.